and I know you've mentioned earlier, Gareth, about you know people having lots of questions about why and things that may not be focused on on becoming um, a college and the engagement process of the college. But I would hope personally, one of the things that we would get out of the engagement is a greater understanding amongst our fellows and members of how we work and 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 what that what the change will mean, so that that they will feel more able to understand when things are having to happen at a particular place why that why that is the case you know a pace why that is the case I mean we have phenomenally punched above our weight you know for a 12 year old organization we really have the speed at which we've grown ICM training numbers for example we've grown ICM training numbers more than any other specialty recently I think in in Scotland they've had you know the biggest the biggest jump ever we got those hundred extra numbers, you know, a year or so ago, two years ago. We we have year upon year built upon our successes. So for a small organisation, we we have done as well as we could do, I think, within some of the constraints we've had. And again, it's like if we're going to go better, you know, if we're going to do better, we have to be different. Um, but hopefully, being different won't mean that we 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 don't continue to to have the success that we've had we want to build on that yeah i think that's um certainly true isn't it that intensive care as a specialty we are realistically we are a small specialty compared to others within within hospitals and within within the uk but yeah i think you're right we, we definitely punch above our weight for our for our size in in many many respects whether that's on the national or on a on a more local a more local level um, oh, sorry, Gareth. I was just going to say, you know, a core issue for critical care and for the faculty, for the specialty, has been our staffed capacity, staffed critical care bed capacity. I mean, that was absolutely shown in, uh, thrown into the uh, mix during the at the start of the pandemic, and fears of well, um, completely justified fears that we just don't have enough staff capacity. And we are we, we are small. We should be bigger. Um, that's clear. And the nursing workforce is absolutely crucial. They don't sit within the faculty, but absolutely crucial. So I think um, you, I mean, you can't practice intensive care without people. I mean, this this um, that, and the idea that all you need to do is to throw in a few extra ventilators and it will be fine. Well, that's clearly wasn't the case. Um, and the COVID inquiry. Uh, once it actually starts sitting that that's going to be a core you know key issue is you know, what what why are, why is the special why was the specialty of intensive care so understaffed and underrepresented in the UK that is going to be uh, at the forefront of of that particular area of of the inquiry um so we do need to expand uh, having a better a stronger voice will help that expansion do you think this process of becoming a college will will help with with that retainment recruitment of nursing staff well i think the profile of the specialty helps i mean there's there's always that issue with um you know burnout and um mass slack and um i i'm not a great fan of that i'm um, um i'm much more uh keen on what you get in return from doing the specialty and, and uh, intensive care is always going to be hard work it can be very difficult 
Uh, it can be emotionally difficult, difficult for individuals. You know, bad things happen and they happen regularly enough for at some point for it to impact on you personally. But on the other hand, it's it's about increasing what you get in return from doing it. And the thing that most people get from it is working in a team. At, at most people, when you ask what, what do you most like about your job, it's working in, the, in a team. It's working with your colleagues. It's working for us, working with the nursing staff, increasingly working with physiotherapists, or, or OT, speech and language, pharmacy, uh, dietitians. It's that whole team. I mean, I, that's what I that's the best thing about the job is working in a team, trying to make someone better and looking after the family, particularly if you can't. Um, and um, I think so. It, it, that business of making the good things better, um, where we can't change the bad things, is 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 just so important. Yeah. The next thing I'd like to ask about is the risks involved changing from a faculty to to a college. Um, you know, what what are the risks? I think the the risk really is that all our growth so far has taken place under the auspices of other organisations, particularly the Royal College of Anaesthetists. So, so our finance is is overseen by them. Our, as you said, our governance processes and structures are very much um, built into their own governance processes and structures, and they have been watching over us as we've grown the risk for the future is that when we become a college we become a separate completely separate identity with all of the requirements of financial regulation and therefore we have to do that at the right time to make sure that we we don't run into trouble um at, at because we're not able to so I suppose it's it, it's not the best analogy but the way I look at it is it's a bit like leaving home isn't it when you've been under the care of your parents and at some point you leave home and you get your own place and that you know that that will depend on your income it will depend on do you know how to cook for yourself and feed for yourself you know do you have a degree of stability and all of those things in in the simple individual terms the point at which you go do you know what I'm ready to leave home now I can stand on my own two feet they apply to us as an organization because once we make this jump we don't go back so we have to be sure that it's the it's right now that's part and parcel of why the privy council process is is such an exact exacting process because they have to be absolutely convinced that, that we, we are not jumping too early so the risk is getting the timing wrong which is again why we're it might seem that we're slightly hesitant about putting an exact time frame on it because we we have to make that that move at absolutely the right time when we know all of the the processes are in place that mean that we can we can stand on our own two feet right now it's not one of the one of the important things but are you able to to say anything about the physical location of of a, of a college or is that just not there are just too many other influence things that that factor into into that 
I think it's one of the things that we are thinking very much about at the moment. And I can tell you what's going through our heads in terms of thought processes. The first one for me is the pandemic has turned everything on its head, hasn't it? Because all the stuff that was in the too difficult pile beforehand has become automatic now. You know, people having meetings over Zoom or Teams and conversations. That the need to physically get on a train down to London is 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 not as clear as it was before the pandemic because we've adapted. How people access their education and their educational content and their CPD is very different now and their attitudes towards it. You know, in the past it was you went to a physical place for a physical meeting. Now people seem to be looking at it more different, differently in a different way. And I think you think about how you interact with all the external organisations of which we already interact with an enormous number of external organisations, probably that people don't even know about, um, you know, things like the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges that we're members of, all the other colleges of our parent colleges that we, we meet with or sit on the councils with, the meetings we have with NHS England and the leaders of, of the various four nation NHS organisations and, 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 and organisations as well, membership organisations. So all of those things are taking place which in the past would have taken place with people getting on a train to London and have been turned on the head by the pandemic and a lot more is done virtually. You're right, the RCP is now in Liverpool. Um, and I think the one of the other faculties or one of the other colleges I think is, on, is, is in Greenwich in London. We are even asking the question, do we need to have a physical place as a physical bricks and mortar place that people go to every day that is identified in a different site? Or is a, is a modern virtual college an entity and a place where people go to congregate and meet? And could that vary up and down the four nations? We haven't got a fixed idea that says, I know people will think, well, they just want to buy another place in London and they just want to have some rooms in London and, and, and that's where it is. We are not approaching it from that perspective. So for us, it's very much around what does a modern college look like and what what would the offer be to you that you would expect a modern college to be have you got anything to say jack sorry um no i think i mean i think it's really important um i mean the environment's very important to me and very important to a lot of other people uh so um our carbon footprint's really important and um, travel then becomes important uh, as danny said we 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 don't, you know, a 21st century college, I mean, it could, in theory, be completely virtual. We have a fantastic faculty team. Um, um, and they, I, I think, I mean, there are advantages in being virtual, but then every so often you do need to see each other. And it, uh, so you, I, I don't, personally, I don't think we could ever be completely virtual. But then on the other hand, um, I don't think it needs to be in London. I mean, I mean, it could be, but I don't really see why it needs to be. And um, there are great cities out there which aren't. I mean, London is a great city, but there are other great cities out there, and um, and their um, cost of living is very important as well as the environment. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what people think. Um, I mean, I just come. It brings me back a bit to that idea that. But uh, what the faculty and then college controls and what it doesn't. So, for example, 
recruitment where people some people say look we definitely want recruitment to be in person face to face um but that's not that wasn't actually the decisions around that aren't controlled by the faculty or the colleges those are controlled by nhs england um and um the fact that it's good for the environment that we don't all travel to one place and it's cheaper that we don't all travel to one place is good but some people uh, lose out by not they will feel that they lose out by not by not being face to face so i think that there is there are processes that can mitigate that and uh, i think if we're a virtual college or or how virtual we are that we need processes in place to mitigate the disadvantages of not having a you know some somewhere where you send the steps and um look at the look at the great and the good on the walls or whatever it is you know that make a that, that used to make a college um uh, I, I don't think they need that doesn't need to be the case and shouldn't be the case in the 21st century do you think within within all of this that this is an opportunity for intensive care medicine to perhaps be different from learning from the past and looking to the future and perhaps set an example to the other college to say other colleges that currently exist or may exist in the future to say this is how this is how we think certain things or some things could be done differently actually set that example for others yeah i mean i i would be interested to see what danny says about this but i mean I, I was at a meeting this week and with other colleges and um they were really interested actually in how we go about this um what, what we're gonna what are we gonna do what we're gonna find out by doing it um and yeah so I, I think there's a lot of people a lot of the other colleges look will, will will be looking at at us and saying um what can we do what what should we be doing what can we learn from them um uh, i mean that's actually i mean that that was I, I it was nice to hear that and to see that actually and um, I mean, there's an awful lot more talking that goes on between the colleges than I think than I that I than I knew. Um, so I'd be, I'd be interested to know what to hear what Danny says about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that that since becoming dean, one of the things that I've found really interesting about about making this announcement and how I've been interacting with the other colleges is around the interest that is shown in us in terms of what we currently do and also what we might do in the future and also the willingness from the other colleges to tell us what they do and 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 uh, not in terms of saying oh you must do this but in terms of saying well well we do things this way because it works for us because I'm um, and it's actually encouraging all of us I think at the moment to think about the reasons for why we do what we do and and think about whether or not we need to continue to do them so you know I've, I've and Jack may recognize this I, I've had uh, on, on courses I've had people talk to me about colleges where you know when you're 500 years old you have to have a different way of doing things than when you're 50 or when you're 20 and I think that's true you know so so I think there is a degree of mutual learning going to be taking place throughout this process. And again, I think that's 
that's really good isn't it because because that's an, a nice way it's almost being like the the newborn baby in the family isn't it you're welcomed perhaps people don't know how to look after you but you're welcomed everybody's very pleased to see you <laughs> and i i think that's what's happening at the moment the response is very much this is really good this is really positive for the specialty this is great this is what we need to see how can we help and that's fantastic I don't have any other questions. Is there anything that either of you, both of you would would like to say before we finish? It's just a final plea really, Gareth. Thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to do this podcast because it, it's, it's really, really appreciated. And it all comes down to that engagement again because there will be people that want this and there will be people that do not want this or are unconvinced or or are just holding back and waiting to see. And we need to hear from everybody and we need to you know, explore what those considerations are and what those barriers are. So it's, it's really just for me, a plea for engagement. It is about nobody being left behind. We want to make sure that we, we make this college of the future something that everybody in the community wants and we, not going to please everybody about absolutely everything and some of the things we'll try and get done we may be unable to achieve because of things we don't even know are barriers at the moment but if we don't get that initial engagement from people whatever their initial perspective on this is it's 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 not going to get us to where we want to be in the future so we would really really value that and thank you for the opportunity to do this yeah, just to re um, to repeat, Danny's, uh, you know, thanks for the opportunity, Gareth. I mean, I, I think uh, and that plea for engagement. We uh, there's a there's a, a a concern that the you know the only voices that we hear are the are the voices from Twitter, and uh, that that kind of um, that kind of messaging, which is which is I mean, Twitter's great, but it's very limited, but it has its limitations. Um, and there's a, you know there's only a certain amount you can say and it tends to come out in a in a in a difficult way and we want to hear the people the voices that don't come from that angle that are that are thought you know thought uh, thoughtful um tend to you know voices from the voices from the background of, you know we need to hear those as well not just not just the the the, the people at the front standing next to the on the soapbox we we, we want to hear the people at the back of the, at the back yeah so thank you know thank you very much no no uh, i think really it's it's me that owes you thanks for for coming to coming to to go through this because i think this will be of enormous value to the people that listen to this to this podcast and i think to to member to members and anybody with a vested interest in the work of the faculty and intensive care overall because i think it really has you know, highlighted the the work that is going in and what the future does does hold for intensive care as a as a specialty and as an organisation and a process and um, within within the the UK, the UK and potentially influence wider than than the UK. I suppose the the important thing to say if anybody does want to engage, obviously there are as Jack says, there's more than just Twitter. There is the email, the generic email address, which is contact at ficm.ac. UK, there are so many representatives within within the the faculty boards um, themselves. As myself as a as a registrar level representative, we have our lead registrar representatives. We have um, yourselves. We have 
many other people who are who are able to be contacted and yeah, the easiest way to find if there's a person you want to contact and engage with is to have a look at the faculty website um, it's, uh, itself and find and find those 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 people for now i think i would just say thank you very much for for dedicating your time to, to talking to me on this i just want to say thank you to, to both of you for taking the time to, to do this this is it's been great and it's really interesting and gives us great insight into sort of what goes on and more behind the scenes really. Great. Great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks ever yeah. so much, Gareth.